Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Y'all ready to get into the Word, church? Y'all really ready to get into the Word? Okay, well, I hope you got your pens, the notes on the app. You got your Bible and you ready to go because we finna write and we finna get at it, amen? But before I get into the Word, I want to pray over something. Now, earlier, uh, the first service, I dedicated this to a man named Mr. Tim Young and Mr. Jerry. These mighty men of God, they help serve at the Dream Center, but also they're going through some physical heart problems. And in this crowd right now, we may have some people who are physically going through some heart issues right now. So I want to dedicate this message directly to you. And we're going to pray for healing for those individuals. And we're going to pray for the word, amen. And we're going to speak God's word. And we're going to believe when we say amen, it shall be done, amen. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you that the word of God says that whoever finds your word, that we find life and it is health and healing to all of our flesh. Thank you that 1 Peter 2.24 says that by the wounds of Jesus, these people have been healed, Father. Thank you that Jesus came on this earth to take every infirmity and bore every sickness to the cross, that he was beaten so each and every one of us may be whole. Thank you, God, that your name is Jehovah Rapha, Father. You are the God that heals. So we thank you that you are stretching out your hands right now, Father, with healing power, and we thank you that you are doing miraculous signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ, over their hearts. Father, we thank you for this word that will go forth. I pray that the hearts, Father God, a fertile soil that the seed of the kingdom of God will fall upon and it will produce a hundred times more than it was ever planted. Father, we receive you right now. Open up our eyes so we behold the wondrous works of the word of God and give us comprehension and understanding of the scripture in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's get it. Let's get it. As I was talking a couple of minutes ago and just thinking about the physical heart, I said, I've been researching a lot about it lately. And I learned some statistics, right? In the world today, the leading cause of death in the entire world is heart disease, right? In the United States of America, every 34 seconds, a person has a heart attack. And that's the leading cause of death in the United States. And why am I telling you these gripping facts? Why am I giving you these statistics? was for each and every one of us to get into an understanding and a remembrance on how precious this organ is, amen? We know that this heart that is pumping in us is the central organ of this entire body. It's so important that every single organ in our whole bodily system was designed to safeguard and protect this precious organ. See, this heart, it circulates and pumps the blood throughout our whole body and to our other organs, Right? It pumps nutrients and oxygens and through our whole entire body. So this physical heart is precious. Why? Because as this heart goes, our body goes. And we know each and every one of us, if this heart stops, we stop living on this earth. Amen? But the thing about God and how wise he is, right? He placed another heart inside of me and you that supersedes and is more vital than this physical heart, even as important as it is. He placed inside of every human being a spiritual heart organ. And this spiritual heart organ is the center. It's the core of every human being on this earth. 
And God is saying right now to each and every one of us, church, in order for that revival to break through, God says, I need this spiritual organ to be fully mine, amen? And in order for us to use this spiritual organ, we got to understand what's God's idea about the heart, what's his definition, amen? So I always like to go to the beginning. I like to go to the seed level. So we're going to go back, back to Hebrew, right, and what God says about this heart. So we look right here on the screen. We get the definition on what God initially meant for this spiritual organ. Now, Hebrew has three aspects to it, right? Every word is written with letters, with numbers, and with pictures. So this is a picture of the definition of a heart. The first picture, you see that staff right there, right? The staff means a shepherd. It means to control. A shepherd in the Bible used that staff as a sign and a symbol of authority, and he would speak to his sheep. See, a sheep knows the shepherd's voice, so that staff represents that authority. But we also see this tent, right? The tent in the Bible represents a dwelling place, a home, a house, but it's also spoken of as the physical body. So when we take these two pictures and put them together, we get the definition of the heart. And the heart is the controlling voice of our physical bodies. Yeah. See, church, inside of each and every one of us, there's an authoritative voice in us. The Bible likes to refer to this heart as the inner man, right? So there's an inner man that controls the outer man. And God has designed this spiritual organ to pump life inside of our existence. See, our hearts is where every will, every desire, every intent, every purpose, where our character, our faith, where your dreams come from, amen? amen. And this spiritual organ is so important to God that he placed it in a place that you can never lose it, right inside of you. But what God is saying to us today is that even though Physical heart disease may be the leading cause of death in this world. He says, when it comes to the history of mankind, the leading cause of destruction in our life will be spiritual heart disease. And the number one threat to the kingdom of God in our nation is a spiritual heart attack. So today, what we want to do is talk heart to heart, right? We're going to talk from God's heart that he spoke it to my heart. As I said earlier, I'm going to speak it into your heart, and we're going to talk about the heart, amen? amen? So I hope you got your Bibles. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. Now, we need to figure out where did this spiritual heart disease come from so that we can live abundantly in this life. And in Genesis 3, verses 6 and 7, two verses lets us know where this heart disease came from. It says, so when the woman saw the tree was good for food, remember that, she already saw that it was good for food. It says that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of his fruit and ate. She also gave her to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now I don't know about you guys, church, but when I read these first two verses, I got confused a little bit because verse 7 says, then their eyes were open. But then you go before it in verse 6, it says that they saw that the tree was good for food. So that means that they already had sight. But these are two sets of eyes that were open in this garden. 
See, before they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their physical eyes were open. But after they rebelled and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a different set of eyes opened up. It was the eyes of their hearts. Their conscience came alive. Sin entered their hearts. They were corrupted inwardly. See, church, this was the first spiritual clogged artery in the world. See, this starts to clog up the fellowship that man had with God. And God says, I have to fix this. See, when we think about our hearts, we have to understand from this day forward, what happened in the garden, every person that was born after that was born with a heart defect, was born with spiritual heart disease. See, in Romans 5, 12, it says it a little bit better. It says, therefore, just as sin entered this world, right, through one man. It says, just as through one man, sin entered this world. And it says, death followed this sin, and death came through this sin. And it says, just as death spread through all men, because all have sinned. So we see right here, according to Romans 5, 12, that the spiritual heart disease was hereditary, right? That's why I was telling the uh, group earlier, the service earlier, that's why you got some amazing children that are in kids' district right now, right? You put them on some nice clothes, put some coconut oil and some lotion on them. They got Zara kids, Oshkosh, Bagosh. They got all the nice clothing and drip on, right? But they in there causing havoc to them volunteers right now. Some of y'all kids wreaking havoc. Throwing crayons, slapping other kids around. I know y'all get them calls from them volunteers and nursery. But why is that though? They're great kids, right? But they were born with a different nature, with a spiritual heart disease, right? That's why we don't have to teach a kid to say no or to snatch their hand, right? But we have to teach them to say yes and to have obedience. But just as I said earlier, us adults, we ain't off the hook, right? Jeremiah 17, 9 says this about us. It says that the heart is deceitful above all things. And it says, and it is desperately wicked. And he asked a question, who can know it? See, how many of us ever used that phrase or heard the phrase, trust your heart? Go with your heart, right? We all used that before, right? I know y'all ladies in the group text be texting your girlfriend, girl, trust your heart. Follow your heart. Big dog right here, I know he know what I'm talking about. We be talking to our boys too. Hey, bro, big dog, check your heart. Trust your heart, big dog. But I want us to do me a favor, church. I want us to get rid of that phrase. Because the Bible never tells us to trust in our hearts. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and then lean not into your own understanding, amen? See, where does your understanding come from? It comes from the heart. So the Bible essentially is telling us, don't trust in your own heart. Don't lean on your own heart. Lean on God's understanding. Trust in him with all your heart. See, there's two different things that is mentioning in here. See, when we trust in our own heart, that means we are trusting in our own desires, right? 
But when we trust with God with our own hearts, right, that means that we are trusting in him to change our desires into his desires. See, when you think, yeah, I like that. Somebody hear me? Somebody hear me? See, when you think about that, that word deceitful, right, when you do study in the Hebrew, that word means to be tripped up by the heel. Yeah, you like that, right? <laughs> tripped up by the heel. So when we follow our own hearts, right, because it's deceitful, the Bible says it trips us up by the heel. And when you're tripped by the heel, you fall. See, what God is telling us, when we trust just in our own heart and desires, it trips us up, church, and we fall in life. See, I want y'all to write this down. This is a key principle. Just because it comes from your heart doesn't mean it comes from God. Man, that's why the heart has to be taken care of so carefully. We know one of the most famous verses that is quoted by us in the kingdom, right? Proverbs 4.23. And what does Proverbs 4.23 tell us to do? It says, above all else. Everybody say, above all else. Hit your neighbor one more time and say, above all else. Do what? Guard your heart. What God is telling us through King Solomon is this. The number one, one of the most priorities of a Christian is to guard their hearts. Why? Because everything that you do flows from it. There's nothing that you can do that won't flow from this inner man inside of you. But we got to get the definition on what guard means, right? Because once upon a time in my life, I, I thought guard means to call the Coast Guard, the Army, the Navy, Master P, no limit, get a tank, guard my whole heart, put the Great Wall of China up, right? That nobody can climb over or penetrate. Even God can't even get to it, right? But what that does is, when we do that, that leaves us cold and distant. That's not what God means when he tells us to guard our heart. See, when he tells us to guard our heart, that word means to maintain what has been entrusted to us. It means to work and to tend it, right? In Genesis 2.15, when God put that man Adam in the garden, what he told him to do? Work it, tend it, cultivate this garden. See, your hearts are gardens. That don't come from JT. That come from Jesus in Matthew 13, amen? Jesus said, your heart is like a secret garden. He said, and the condition of your soil in that garden will determine whether we produce fruit or not. So we have to have a green thumb. Where my garden is at? We got to make sure we have a green thumb every day and maintain in this precious garden. But one of the most simple but profound and powerful principles is this. What seeds that are planted in our garden are the seeds that's going to grow. Jesus said it better than I did. Jesus said, a tree is known by its fruit. So what he's saying is what has been planted inside of us will be what is coming out of us, amen? So what I want to do is go down a list, right, on how can we guard our hearts, right? Because if we need to guard our heart every single day, we need to know how to do that. And the first way that we can do this is to guard what we see. Guard what we see. In Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23, Jesus said this. Jesus said, the lamp of the body is the eye. He said, if our eyes are good, then this body going to be full of light. He said, but if this eye is bad, Miss Annette, he said, this whole body is going to be full of what? 
darkness. See, the Jews looked at these eyes, these two precious gifts, as the window to our hearts. See, they looked at them as a gate and as a door. And we know what happens with a gate and a door. What you give access to, right? It allows them to come in. See, what we give access to these two precious gifts not only go through our eyes, but it lights us up in our hearts. And it starts to plant seeds inside of us. That's why we have to be consistent in making sure that we're looking at the right things. Amen? The second way that we can guard our hearts is this. We guard our hearts by what we hear. In Romans 10, 17, the apostle Paul says this. He said, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. I said it before last year when I had the opportunity to preach. Our ears feed our faith. That's why Jesus told his disciples, you got to be careful at what you're hearing. He said, beware of the leaven, the teachings of the Pharisees. He said, why? Because what you hear has an opportunity to plant some seeds in your heart, and that will be the fruit that comes out of our lives. See, these are gates as well. And he said, be careful at what we allow to get in them. That's why we have to be very careful at who speaks into our lives. Because what they speak could produce faith in our hearts. The third way is what we say. Now, this one is very important. What we say. King Solomon in Proverbs 18, 20, King Solomon tells us this. Give me a piece, make sure I'm good. King, King Solomon tells us this. He said, a man's stomach, right, a.k.a. the heart. He said, a man's stomach shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. What does that mean? That means that the words that come out of a person's heart will satisfy their, I'm sorry, come out of the person's mouth will satisfy their hearts, whether they're good or bad. That's why the Bible tells us to what? Speak life and not death, right? And I said this one is even one of the most dangerous ones, right? Because what we speak comes into our hearts. And Jesus said from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's a cycle. It goes out the mouth, into the heart, back out of the heart, out of the mouth. But when it comes out of the mouth, it also goes through the ears because we hear what we're saying, right? So this is a double one, right? That's why it's so powerful to speak what God said, just like Pastor Johnny said, even if we don't feel it. We may not feel blessed, but God said you blessed. You may not feel healed, but God said you healed. By his stripes, you have been healed. You may not feel anointed, but he said the anointed one has been put inside of you. You may not feel like you got faith, but the Bible says have faith of the size of a mustard seed. See, you may not feel something, but that doesn't mean that we speak what we feel. The last one is what we do. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. As I said, this is the one that was used to let us know that God going to get us back when I was a kid. <laughs> it says, do not be mocked or do not be deceived. It says, God cannot be mocked, right? It says, what a man sows, what they plant, they going to reap, right? You know, your grandma used to tell you that all the time. Boy, you're going you gonna to reap what you sow. But he said, what a person sows in the flesh, that's what they will reap. 
But if they sow according to the Spirit of God, then they said that's what you will reap of the Spirit of everlasting life. So church, we have to be very careful of the habits that we have in our lives. My mom right here, when I was a kid, we used to go, I used, she used to make me go to the barbershop every Friday, right? I didn't even know I could grow hair until I was about 18 years old. I used to get that skin fade, the one all over. Them boys used to get on me in high school, bro, you, how you the star athlete and you can't, you ain't got no hair on your head, no waves or nothing. I had the Kobe Bryant, right, the low boy. And then she also used to make us go wash her car every Saturday, right? I used to be out there every Saturday, didn't want to do it. This used to make us clean up, right? Why am I telling you this? Seeds was being planted in me when I was six, seven, eight, nine years old. And guess what? I go to the barbershop every week, I wash my car every week, and I clean up every day when I don't even need to clean up. So what am I saying? The seeds that are being planted inside of you, they will harvest. I'm going to throw a bonus at you because I ain't do it till the 9 o'clock. The other way that we guard our hearts is through our thoughts. Your thoughts are seeds. Proverbs 23, 7, the Bible says, King Solomon again, wise man, he says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we have to guard our hearts with our thoughts, right? That's why God tells us to meditate on the word of God day and night. Not to make you tired, but he wants the thoughts, these words in his Bible to get into our mindset that we meditate on. And when it becomes a part of our thought process, it becomes a part of our life. So we have to make sure that we're careful with guarding his heart, right? It's very vital, very vital. Take care of this secret garden. But I also learned another special principle through Jesus about these gardens and about the seeds that are planted in them. Y'all ready for it? All right, turn, Matthew 13, Matthew 13, 24 and 25. It says, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. Remember that, a man sowed good seed in his field, in his garden, right? But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. See, we got a situation here. A man sows good seed, right? And then why people went to sleep, Somebody came as an enemy and planted some other seeds. See, our responsibility is to maintain and cultivate the seeds that are planted here. But there's sometimes in our lives, and many of us can attest to it, that people who may be posing as enemy and may not be our enemies, but they may be posing as an enemy and they come and plant seeds in your heart that you never even planted. See, some of us are walking around right now. I've been there before, right? This message came from me giving all this stuff up to God. See, there's a moment in our lives where somebody is going to come and plant seeds in your heart that you didn't even want it to be there. We walk around with allergies and belief systems about ourselves because of what an ex-spouse said to us, right? Or because what a coach said to us when we was a kid. Or because somebody in our family or in the body of Christ said something and posed themselves as an enemy, even though they weren't trying to be an enemy, but the seeds that they planted in our hearts was bad. But the challenging thing about the heart is this, church. Even though they plant the seeds, God is calling us to have the responsibility to give it all up to him so that he can uproot every seed that was planted in our hearts. See, I said it earlier, man, Jesus didn't play about this heart. He didn't play about it. 
The Sermon of the Mount is a heart sermon. Jesus' teaching surrounded around the heart. That's all it was. That's why he kept telling people, do things privately and I'll reward you openly. This is another bonus. I ain't saying in the early survey. Y'all were getting all the nuggets right here. I'm finna tell you this. I got to check myself every time I stand on this stage. Why? Because I can fool people outside, but you can't fool God inside. See, you can do, you can even do something good and you may get a war and rewards with people, but you ain't getting no heavenly reward because God, he don't look at the outside. God knows the heart. So we always have to check our hearts with everything that we do. What is the motive, church? Y'all enjoying this? Y'all good? Jesus talked about the heart so much, right? In Matthew 13, right? The parable of the sower. He told his disciples, he said, look, my boys. He said, if you want to know about the kingdom of God, if you want to know how to operate into the kingdom of the king, he said, you got to understand this parable. He said, if you don't understand this one, it's going to be tough to understand the rest of them. He said, this is algebra. This is kingdom 101. He said, if you get this one, you will be able to get the rest of it. Because you know if you don't take algebra, it's hard to pass trigonometry and geometry, right? And then Jesus, yeah, somebody said, yeah, there's somebody taking somebody in that trigonometry right now. That'll preach right there. That, hey, if she don't get nothing else, she's going to get that. <laughs> but Jesus said, and he, he went to go talking about this. He said he didn't talk about end times and prophecies. Jesus is the word of God. He can talk about that anytime. But when Jesus said, if you don't get this, you won't get the kingdom, what did he start talking about? A garden. He talked about seeds and soil. He said, a man goes out and sows some seeds. He didn't talk about the man too much. And he didn't talk about the seeds too much. But he did talk about the soil and the landing spots. He said, one of those soils is by the wayside. He said, seeds get planted on that, and them birds, them pigeons, right, they come and snatch it up. He said, the other one is, it gets planted in rocky soil. He said, it springs up a little bit, got a little bit of life, but it's being scorched by the sun because there's no full root. Yeah. Then he said, the other one, right, is some soil that's thorny, right? It grows up, but them thorns that's next to it just choke it out. Yeah. But then he says, look, out of these four soil, there's one that I'm looking for. Yeah. He said, I'm looking for that one that has good soil, yeah. that produced 30, 60, 100 times more that can never be planted, amen? Yeah. And that's the heart that God wants me and you to have. See, the man he was talking about, he was talking about himself. He sown the kingdom of God, the word of the kingdom of God. And then the seed was the message. It was the Bible. So he didn't have to talk about those because those are constant. Both of them going to produce eternal life every time. But he started to talk about the heart, the soil. Why? Because that determines the condition of our lives. Amen. So Jesus is always after the heart, church. I want y'all to write this down. Your heart is like a computer. Somebody came to me, you're like, bro, where you get that from? We finna see, we finna see. God gave it to me, downloaded it. Your heart is like a computer. One of the two main parts of a computer is a desktop and a hard drive, okay? We all know the desktop. People walk past your desk at work. You got the picture of your family up there, right? You got everything you want them to see. But there's a deeper part of that computer. 
There's a hard drive that has some files on there that are stored away that nobody knows that's there but you. See, the desktop represents this outer appearance. But the hard drive represents the heart. See, God brought this principle out in 1 Samuel 16, 7. One of my favorite scriptures. One of my dog, Chris Carlin, one of his favorite scriptures as well. Because it tells a lot about character, right? We speak to our young men and young ladies at the Dream Center about character. One of the greatest forms or qualities you can have as a leader. And he gave Samuel, the prophet Samuel, a lesson. He said, Samuel, go down there and anoint King David as the king. Now, he didn't say King David, right? He just go anoint the next king of Israel. So Samuel go down there, right? And Jesse lined his sons up. And them boys big, strong, look good, right? Handsome young dudes. And so the first one come out there, Eliab, right? And Samuel look at him. He said, yeah, that's him. That's the king. And God says, hold up. Hold up, Samuel. He said, I love you. And you my messenger from God. You my prophet. I sent you to do this. He said, but you got it wrong in this situation. He said, let me teach you a principle. He told him something. He said, don't look at his outer appearance. I know you look good. He said, but I have rejected him. He didn't reject him because he didn't love him. He rejected him because he said, there are some files on his hard drive that's not going to allow him to be the next king. And then he told him this. He said, look, God does not see how man sees. God says, man looks at the desktop, right? Man looks at the desktop, but God says, I'm going to them files in that hard drive. He said, man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart, church. That's why he chose King David. He was a man, as Acts 13.22 says, a man after God's own heart. That means he wanted God's will, his understanding. He wanted the purposes of God. He wanted the motives of God. He wanted the understanding. Of, he wanted everything that God had. See, he wanted to know what the mind of God was so that he can live it on this earth. And that's what God is calling me and you to do on this earth as well. But we also know with a computer, right? Sometimes, right? I remember I used to have line wire. I used to download. Y'all remember that line wire? I hope the Statue of Limitations is up for that piracy that we were doing. <laughs> I used to download every Lil Wayne lyric that it was. Songs that had never were written before. He had a, I downloaded a song with him and, and Elton John and Elvis. That ain't never happened before. But I ended up getting a virus, right? So, so I took it to the computer, right? To the computer guy, Geek Squad. He said, you got a virus, my boy. I was like, the desktop look good. He said, yeah, that look good. He said, but... The desktop don't tell the efficiency of this computer. He said, you got a corrupt file somewhere on this hard drive. And so he said, you need a software that's going to clean all this stuff up. And so he downloaded all that, right? And thank God for Geek Squad and McAfee, right? You can put them on the computer and wipe all that stuff out. But what does it do? What can we use for the spiritual heart? 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. This is a verse that you keep. He said, this is what you do for the spiritual heart. 
He says, now he who has established us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God, who also has sealed us and given us the what? The spirit in our hearts, what? As a guarantee. Another version says as a down payment. Pastor Johnny mentioned it. God put a down payment on you with his spirit inside of you. So you are his. That's what's going to wipe away everything that's inside of these hard drives. 1 John 1, 9, the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just and will forgive us for our sins, but what else would he do? And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the greatest virus protector and software you can ever have, the spirit of God inside of us. Well, church, I got to go a little bit quicker. I got to go a little bit quicker and wrap it up. I got to go a little bit quicker, my bad. See, in this society today, church, just think about what we're going through right now. Just think about it. We have spiritual heart disease and viruses all throughout our nation. Murders, mass shootings, evil wickedness, people destroying their own family, driving them off the cliff, wilding out, pride, envy, jealousy. We all have battled with that. And we see in our world that we're facing all this spiritual heart disease. But for some reason in society, we think in order to change this, we pop a Tylenol for a spiritual heart attack. Or we put a Band-Aid on a spiritual artery that's burst. See, all these things that's going on in the world today, Jesus said, all those things, they come from the heart. And God says, in order to get this revival, he said, I got to clean all that out. I got to get it all of it out. Because when you revive something, where do you revive it from? The heart. That young man, DeMar Hamlin, right? Thank God that he came too, right? And he's flourishing and thriving now. But when they was on that field, they were going for that young man's heart. And he was revived back to life. And God says the things that happen naturally are the things that also happen spiritually. So God is trying to put that pump to our hearts. See, one day the Pharisees said this, and the band can come up. The Pharisees came to Jesus, and they was like, Jesus. They said, man, y'all boys didn't wash y'all hands when y'all ate that loaf of bread. And Jesus said, man, let me teach y'all boys something real quick, dog. They always trying Jesus. Can't try Jesus. Can't try the Creator. Jesus said, look, it ain't what goes in you that defiles you. He said, when you eat that, right, it's eliminated. And I told the team earlier, like, it depends on what you eat, it's gonna be eliminated faster, right? You get them, you get some three pieces from Blue Store and them Taylor Log, it's gonna go a little bit faster, right? <laughs> oh man, man. Shout out to Blue Store, man. Shout out to Blue Store. But Jesus said, when you eat that, that's eliminated. So that can't defile you, because that go in and out. He said, but what makes us clean, church? He said, it's what comes out of us that defiles us. And so church, right now in this moment, we need to make a decision, man. We see Asbury, all these different places, man. Revival already broke out. We done had the prayer nights. We done had revival. And it's breaking out in here too. Amen. But God says, I want to sustain that 
Let me sustain that. And the one thing that we have to do is we have to surrender, church. Like I said, that word ain't a good word in our nation. Why? I think about a boxer or an MMA fighter. Dude, and trained his whole entire life, Tommy. The last thing that he wants to do when he's on that mat fighting for the heavyweight title is to surrender. That's the last thing you want to do is throw in the towel. See, that may be the last thing that that man want to do, but God says the first thing that I want you to do is surrender it all. Yeah. See, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro out this earth looking to show himself strong to those whose hearts are completely loyal to him. So God want to show himself strong through us. But also, as I said earlier, I learned through the book of Job. I learned that the enemy goes to and fro walking this earth, looking to show himself strong through somebody's heart as well. Our hearts either always, always to God or they somewhere else. So today, I'm not even going to ask you to stand, then take note. God says, I need a different response today. God says, I need you to come and get heart surgery. See, some of y'all didn't know you were going to come get a whole new heart this morning. The trauma, all the things that we face in our lives, the seeds that people have planted in us, God says, I want to take that out. I want to give you a brand new heart. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.